What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Conquest. It's a podcast where we explore conventions, fandom, and all things pop culture. We're your hosts, Kat. And I'm Chinmo. And today we're going to be talking about Boston Comic Con 2017. Possibly my favorite Boston Comic Con of the past five years. I... See, it wasn't my favorite of... So this was my third year, and it was my least favorite. Really? Experience, yeah. I really... I've been going since, I think, 2012, and this might have been my favorite one. Really? I don't know if it's because I went all three days, I got to, like, relax about it more, what it was, but I loved it. See, I... I think that does have a little bit to do with it because I only went two days missing Saturday, which seemed to be the most hectic day from what I heard. Yes, very much. And in years past, I've also always done the post-con activities like drink and draw or the after parties at Laugh Boston, and I didn't do any of those this year, so it felt like a different experience than years past. But the new venue and the new company also made it feel too different for me it was definitely a lot different uh yeah because it's it was fan expo this mm-hmm. year i don't remember who ran it the previous years i think it was just comic-con international before they're the same ones that do new york and san diego and they used to do texas and now okay fan all right expo does texas too uh i mean i liked it the new venue was definitely bigger uh except yeah which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit but overall I, I think this is this was my first year going all three days and i think that helped it for me it was much more relaxed much more fun i think that definitely is a way to do it because then you don't feel as stressed the days that you're there trying to get to everything and making sure that you're seeing everything because there were a lot of panels this year too i feel like there are more panels than in years past and you want to make sure you get all of those in but you don't want to miss time on the floor so I think having that extra day in between gives you the time to pace it out. Go Friday where it's a little quieter, get the lay of the land, scope out where you want to go. And then Saturday, you know, if it's not too crowded, get to the booths you want to get to, get to the artists you want to see, work in some panels. And then Sunday, if you did have any shopping that you wanted to do, any artists left that you wanted to check out, you can do those because there aren't usually as many panels on Sunday. So it helps you kind of balance out the weekend, I think, having the three days. One I, day is definitely not enough. Two days still didn't feel like enough. You you just hit it right, nail on the head right there. That is exactly how I feel. And I'm so happy I did the three, and it made it so much better because it worked out exactly what you how you just said it. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Gives you some nice... Makes it more leisurely, which yes. with all the activities and all the people and everything you want to see, it doesn't feel like it could be leisurely, but when you give that yourself that extra time. And you did the VIP pass, right? Uh, no, I did the deluxe, which was like a step below because I was going all three days anyway. Mm-hmm. And it was set of going because I was planning on going just Friday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I met up with a friend on Saturday and it was instead of buying three days separately it was much cheaper to buy the three-day pass and it let me in early on friday which was one of the best parts about it yeah that's huge i remember i did the first year i went i did the vip pass and it let you in at least an hour early right yeah, two hours one i think hour? it was two hours it, they opened at four and they let me in by two which was awesome yeah having that time without the major crowds i think is really huge i think that's what made this one so much better for me because it was the first time i did that actually at any con i've been to and i've been to a handful of them but it's the way to go if you have the money do it totally worth it mm-hmm. i got to see i think just about everything i wanted because this was like you said before this was the first one where boston actually had a lot of panels that i was very interested in and this was it was much easier to get through, plan out what I wanted to do, and it made seeing. I saw just about every single one I wanted to, except for the ones that overlapped. Yeah, there were a few on Saturday that I wished I had gotten to, but obviously couldn't because I didn't go that day. But they did a better job this year spacing out the larger panels 
because yes. usually they just pack all of the important panels into Saturday and then Friday you might get one or two of the cast off ones and then Sunday it's like oh these people stuck around so we're doing a secret panel and we're putting it in sometime Sunday yeah and it just throws off everything mm -hmm. but no I completely agree they space it out great like for uh, instance Friday which you got to go to I couldn't for mm -hmm. a whole nother reason which we'll <laughs> talk about in a minute yeah. But uh, you got to go to the Stanley panel. Yeah, that was awesome. And I wasn't expecting that to be on a Friday night. That would have been a Saturday afternoon previously, right, I think. He's, I argue, arguably the, one of the biggest people there at yeah. any con, really. And I always feel lucky the years that he's there because they say every year, you better catch him. It's his last time in New England. And I think they build that in as a safety net so that if he doesn't come next year, they can't say they lied to us. And it's, let's be honest, it's, he's getting up there in age. It's, it's yeah. going to happen soon. Yeah. There are some times, if I didn't go to his Q&A this year and listen to him talk, I would have still run with my theory that it's weekend at Stanley's every time I've seen him. <laughs> he, it, it is. It looks exactly like a scene out of Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. When I, my first con, the first year I went, I went with my friend Melissa and we got our photo op with Stanley and we went in, we didn't even get to talk to him. We just went in. They were like, okay, you stand on this side. You stand on this side. They took the picture and were like, goodbye. And when I look at the picture, I swear his eyes are closed. Like, he, 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 Does he have sunglasses on too? Yeah, he has sunglasses oh, on. Oh, he's 100% so, Yeah, I feel like they just propped him up in the chair and made sure that, you know, they put extra duct tape or something in the back of his vest <laughs> so that he sat up straight. And then they just paraded people in, didn't let anybody talk to him. And then someone else said when they went to go get his autograph, that he just signed it and they pushed your book down the table and you couldn't talk to him then either. So in my mind, there was definitely someone underneath the table with one of those sticks attached to his elbow, just moving his just arm. Move. <laughs> yeah. So it was a, I always thought of it as a weekend at Stanley's situation until I heard him talk this year and realized that he still has energy and he is still alive and not just waiting in some cryogenic bubble until they take him out for a photo op and then put him back in to bring him back to the next con. He, he is going the, to. He's the winter soldier. Yeah. That's what he is. Yeah. 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 That's the best way to put it. Because yeah. when you, the way you would describe, I met him three, four years ago at a New York Comic Con. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar to how you were, I had him sign a poster, uh, a Spider Man poster for me. And it was very much like he like signed it and moved. I did get to talk to him for a second just because the way I kind of, snuck into the line i got like right before he left so it was like the last one so there was a small interaction which was really cool but i saw like a couple people in front of me and i was like he's besides his hand he's not moving mm -hmm. but i mean he's what 90 something now so yeah he, I, I looked it after, up recently i forget he's like 91 he 92 he's up there yeah but after all he's done i mean you know what it's worth it i mean he mm -hmm. can do whatever the hell he wants yeah and he was so funny like i wasn't expecting him to be that's what you were saying. He yeah. was just throwing zingers left and right, throwing some serious DC shade, which made me feel a little <laughs> awkward. But um, so he was talking about the old name for Marvel Comics, and I wish I looked it up before this because now I forgot what it is. is it Atlas? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he said that he's really all about catchy taglines and eye-popping marketing and he said that that just wasn't a catchy enough name. He's like, we got to go Marvel. Make mine Marvel. It's a Marvel era of comics. And it sounds really weighty and important. And he's like, <laughs> and then, you know, DC comes along and they're just DC. The DC age of comics. Make mine DC. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it. He's like, but, you know, they have Wonder Woman, so... Good, good for them. Good for them. <laughs> and he's like, and, and now you folks at Boston Comic-Con will have me back again because I was nice because I said good for them. See, see I can be a nice guy. That is awesome. Yeah, and he can. <laughs> the moderator guy that was with him, I don't know if he's his, his assistant or his PR guy or whatever, but he um, was being really awkward and Stanley just kept making fun of him, and he was like, anybody can do this job. Who wants his job? And a bunch <laughs> of people in the audience raised their hands. Oh, of course. Yeah, but he was just being super awkward. Um, one of the things that he was really awkward about but was a big payoff was actually he was talking about when they were in London doing, I forget if it was a convention or another 
con or something like that, but he actually told everyone that they had worked out with J.J. Abrams that they were going to have a cameo of Stan Lee in Force Awakens. That would have been amazing. Yeah. So he said that they had it all worked out. They were so excited. They were in London at the same time. Stan got to go to set, but they had shut down production because that's when Harrison Ford was injured. So and that injury just fucked up everything. Yep. So there there could have been a Stanley cameo, and he, for so long, was going through his phone, and Stanley was like, what are you looking for? And he's like, oh, this picture. And it paid off because here is Stanley and Jedi ropes. And it, I'll put this up on our social media so we'll everybody can see it. And it yeah. is 100% worth it because that, if that somehow mm-hmm. ended up in the movie or anything, it's like two big fandoms crossing over. Exactly. The guy that was with them was like, people go nuts. All he has to do is just walk by and um, the, in the bar scene, just look directly at the camera, doesn't have to say anything, and then just keep walking and people will flip out. It'll be such a good merger. And now that Disney owns the Star Wars franchise and Marvel, Makes it would have been a sense. total... Yeah. And they could have just worked it in as a Stanley cameo in just another Disney movie in that universe. So would have been really well done. That I would have loved to see it. Even yeah. like a split second. Yep, so now, now we have the picture. At least we know what it would have looked like. <laughs> what um, could have been. I like yep. it. My, one of my favorite moments of that Q&A session was learning about all the nicknames. Oh, at you Stan told Lee. me about this. Yeah. So he has nicknames for everybody on his crew. There's a guy that follows him and his PR guy around all the time that he just calls Tail Light because he's always following them. And there's another really fat guy, I guess, that works with them. I forget what his name is, his actual name, but Stanley just calls him Belly Button because of his <laughs> big belly. And then... <laughs> They're like the meanest nicknames. They're so funny. <laughs> yeah. And his photographer's name is John, but he has really long blonde hair, so he just calls him Hairspray. And then Stanley was like, well, you know, you might ask why I remember Hairspray and not John. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) He also said that he calls Thor Goldilocks. That makes sense. And that Iron Man is old shellhead. That worked worked into the comics a few Mm -hmm. times, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I like those. So that makes sense. The... There were two heartbreaking moments in the Q&A, though, that really bummed me out. The first was someone was asking him if he had any regrets for any of his characters in his career. And he didn't say that he had any regrets, but he didn't like the time in the Spider-Man universe where Captain Stacy and Gwen Stacy died within a few issues of each other. Mm. He was like, it seemed like we had a vendetta against the Stacys, and I apologize if anybody in here is a Stacy, but that's not <laughs> what we meant. But he was talking about the death of Captain Stacy, and he started crying. Aww. Yeah, and he, you could tell because his voice started to get a little rattly, and then he just openly was like, yeah, I'm crying about this right now. But he was saying, he was talking about, yeah, he was talking about Captain Stacy's last words to Spider-Man. And it's just, take good care of her. Take good care of her. She loves you. Yeah. They kind of work into one of the movies, too. But Mm -hmm. that's, it's awesome how, it's not awesome, but it's great how he's affected so much by something he wrote so long ago and he's so invested in it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Because he was like, to me, and that meant that was just true love and true respect of Captain Stacy to Spider-Man that he knew he was Peter this whole time and kept it with him literally until his death and knew that at least his daughter would be okay because he trusted Peter enough to take care of her and watch out for her and his city and that was moving to me but also you never like seeing people cry and yeah so just this little little stanley on the stage just crying about something that he had written so many years ago still affecting him in that way was moving makes me a little happy it wasn't there because i (laughs) i probably would have cried yeah but oh there was another the other moment that really bummed me out more than that one was some kid asked him if he liked the direction that the stories were going 
and he said that he can't read them anymore. Because they're so convoluted, or no, he physically can't read them anymore. Oh no! His yeah, his eyes are so bad, and just the print is too small. He cannot read his own characters anymore, and that, that broke is, my heart. Yeah, that is heartbreaking. That's so sad. Yeah. Damn. I was like, to have this huge empire and these characters that you create that everybody loves so much, and you can only see them now. You can't. I gotta tell you though, but I feel like he's got enough money where he can hire someone to read them to him. That's true. That's true. A little bit of a silver lining being (laughs) Stanley, I guess. Yeah. My favorite question from that Q and A: Someone asked him who his favorite Spider-Man actor was, and they were. I can't wait. Did he give a straight answer? No. There was an audible, like, ooh, from the crowd because it's such a juicy question. And he just said that he loves them all and he doesn't have any favorites for any of his characters. And he's happy with all of the adaptations of his work and he loves all of them. That is the perfect on-camera answer to any question (laughs) ever. Yep. Um, He did say that the only thing he didn't like was Doctor Doom in the first Fantastic Four movie because they made him like a businessman and not his actual villain that he intended okay i can see that well at least he's got some kind of criticism for stuff that's good yeah and do you know about fing fang fing fang foom the big dragon yeah Marvel. yep yeah someone asked him if we would ever see fing fang foom in a marvel adaptation he was like i haven't thought about that character in years it's literally a giant green dragon so i don't know how they would incorporate it or <laughs> yeah. what they would incorporate it into i think the closest thing We've keep, I, they, the only time I think I've ever seen a dragon even mentioned is in the Iron Fist miniseries on Netflix, which is probably their weakest, but it, it had its moments because that's how he gets his powers in the comics from a dragon. So mm-hmm. it is in the Marvel Universe because it's all connected. There is a dragon out there. So I guess it's possible we'll see Fing Fang Foom at some point, but who knows? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, but that was my... That was your that big was, panel? Yeah, that was my my big panel for friday that was a lot of fun but you got to go to the one some good ones on saturday right? yes uh the one big highlight i was really looking forward to on saturday was the doctor who panel uh well technically it's matt smith karen gillen but it's it's the doctor who panel yeah yeah uh i am a huge doctor who fan and was extremely excited to see both of them mainly because they're either super busy working on stuff or i mean they live in europe they live in London, so it's a whole other continent, so they're not usually over here too often. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It was just a fun panel to be at. They are very much like a brother and sister. They play off each other so well. It was great. They told a bunch of stories from the set, stuff they're working on now. Uh, Karen was telling a bunch of stuff about Guardians 2 and everything. That's awesome. Are they as they're as charming as I would imagine they are, Oh, right? very much so, yeah. yes. I could listen to both of them talk about anything for any amount of time it was great they answered a bunch of questions about what they were doing what they had done what they want to do uh but by far i think two of the biggest things i got from that uh how is how they just cast their first female doctor from doctor who which yeah i'm i want to get caught up in doctor who just so i can see how that plays out i am i mean i'm gonna miss peter capaldi but i am very excited to see what this does to the story and everything uh, but Matt Smith, they all talked about how they are huge fans of it. They can't wait. Uh, Jodie Whittaker, who was taking over, they mm-hmm. had both they're both personal friends of hers. And oh, nice. Talking about that. But Matt Smith talked about how he had tried for so long to figure out who the doctor was. So he was calling people at the BBC, like <laughs> high ups, like, who is it? You need to tell me. I mean, it's basically me. I need to know. <laughs> and they wouldn't tell him. And I guess he found out like a week before the announcement happened. Uh, and when he found out, I guess he called her up and didn't say anything, left a voicemail of the Doctor Who theme song, just him singing it, mm-hmm. which I find hilarious. <laughs> I love that. So no advice or anything like that. That's just, such a cute story. Just goes right into the theme song. <laughs> but then uh, the other story I loved was someone asked about their favorite, uh, what their favorite fan fiction they had seen was, which mm-hmm. it's a dangerous question. Yeah, because... It's kind of a dark underbelly oh, yeah. of fan fiction and, out there. Oh, and they, they hit on it, too. And as soon as they asked the question, everybody was like, Ooh, what are they going to say? 
and even the moderator brought up like there are children in the audience <laughs> so they kind of like brushed the question away a little bit but matt smith talked about how one year for his birthday a friend he didn't straight out say it was porn but heavily implied <laughs> it was a porno and he, he was like imagine doctor who you keep the first word and replace the second word with screw <laughs> And got a big laugh from everybody, and Karen Gillan was laughing. She's like, well, at least it's not uh, our characters or anything. And she's like, no, it really is. And then she was disgusted, and it, it was it was fantastic. It was a very funny moment to witness. That's awesome. Yeah, part, that was by far my favorite question. I love that. Yeah. What other panels did you see that you would like to talk about? Because there was a couple. There's one more big one that I want to talk about, but what about you? Um... Not necessarily a big one. I went to a smaller comics and comics, which was stand-up comics talking about comics and Comic-Con. I only caught two of the three comedians. I don't remember either of their names, so I apologize (laughs) if somehow they hear this. Um, One of them was really funny. He reminded me of Kyle Mooney, and he was just talking about... Um, the development of Mario, which I told you a little bit about, yes. and how they did no research at all. Like kids, <laughs> like people with mustaches, right? That's the thing. And um, what's a what's a trade they know? Plumbing. They know plumbers, <laughs> so we'll make him Italian plumber, uh, Super Mario, because he he's a super. That's his job. <laughs> I feel like this is really how <laughs> Mario came to be. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty accurate. Like, he's just sitting there in the room taking notes. He's like, this is going to come in handy someday. This is going to be a multi-billion dollar <laughs> franchise one day. Just wait and see. And then uh, the other comedian. Oh, that first comedian had a really good bit where when people were interrupting him, he was like, oh, now i got to start all over again. And he would start at the very beginning of his bit, but change <laughs> one part of the joke. So that it wasn't the same exact joke again. A little Andy Kaufman of him. I yeah. Like yeah, I liked it. And then the second comedian was talking about how he went to Comic-Con last year when it was the Star Trek celebration for it. Oh, yeah. It was the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he went to the Star Trek night at Fenway when William Shatner threw out the first pitch. That's pretty cool. For the Sox game. He let everybody in on the secret that there's no actual one first pitch there's like 10 of them yeah they do depending on what they're doing the one pitch or the first pitch for Mm -hmm. there could be multiple people yeah i didn't know that i thought it was like just one person doing the first pitch so that was a shocker to me usually usually it is but something like that i can see that like they have like the whole cast going did he say uh i don't know if it was the whole cast was there there was a section of star trek fans at the stadium at the park um, and he was like, it was really cool. It was the first time that I could ever go into Fenway Park head to toe in my Star Trek uniform and not have anybody try to beat me up. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's an accomplishment right there. Mm-hmm. So Especially, said, yep. Yeah. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, no. Uh, so he was saying how when William Shatner came out, everybody stood up and cheered for him. He got a standing ovation. And he was like, this is so exciting. Boston's embracing William Shatner. And then he threw out the first pitch, and it was terrible. (laughs) It went, like, two inches over the pitcher's mound and then fell. And then he said Boston became very Boston, and everyone just started booing him. Just screaming, booing. He walked off the field with his head down and then stopped, turned around, and went back to the pitcher's mound and picked up the ball and then threw a perfect second pitch right over the plate and then everyone started cheering again and he's like so they're all like okay you're good at sports we can like you again (laughs) which just sounds really embarrassing (laughs) yeah i would have just left (laughs) yeah i would have like all right i'm never coming back to turn around that's Mm -hmm. good so that that was a little one and then i have one other big one that you caught the end of so we can talk about that together if you want to talk about your other big panel that you saw. Yes, uh, the other big one, uh, it was on Sunday, which I was very excited for because usually those are the wrap-up panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was the Con Man panel, which if you've never seen Con Man, uh, it's created by Alan Tudyk from Firefly Flame, not Flame, from <laughs> Firefly Fame. And Say now, that sometimes fast. Right, I'm yeah. already tongue-twisted. 
Uh, but a lot marbles of people know him. Huh? I got my marbles full of mouth. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a lot of other people know him from, uh, he's K2SO in Rogue One. He does King Candy in uh, Wreck-It Ralph. He does a bunch of stuff you've probably seen him in. So, so Hey Hey and Moana. That's true. Yep, a lot of voiceover. He does a lot, he's a lot of like smaller side characters, but one of my favorite actors out there. And he created this web series called Con Man, heavily, heavily based off of his time on Firefly. It's about a, uh, not out of work, but a sci-fi actor that can't really get any big high-profile jobs that only, and he only really goes around to different comic cons and sounds so good it's oh it's amazing uh but he's in it uh him and nathan fillion co-created it and produce it so it's i mean the in in the show the show within the show it's it's basically firefly it's called spectrum and he was a (laughs) pilot nathan fillion was a captain so if you like firefly watch con man it's amazing i think it's going to be on they're putting on sci-fi pretty soon they talked about that at the panel how they're going on sci-fi in september nice so definitely watch That's it sweet. but uh i'm a big fan of his in general so i went to the panel it was it was about an hour it was fantastic it was him uh the producer pj phasma or phasma i don't know how to say his last name but he was great who i actually got to talk to at the booth later on which was fantastic uh felicia day was there for a little bit because she's in the series and so was nolan north uh who a lot of people know is nathan drake from uncharted uh, but one of the best parts was I got to ask a question, uh, which they all seem to really love about where the series is going. And if you ever happen to go to a con and Nathan, Nathan Fillion, if Alan Tudyk is doing a panel, if you ask a question, they, he gives you a bunch of free signed stuff, which I had no idea about. And it was great. Would you would you get for your question? He gave me a prop like tote bag that they used in the show, signed, That's awesome. and two pages of the script signed. That's really cool. Yeah, I have them just sitting in my uh, where, where I live right now. They're up with all my other cool. I stuff. would frame those pages. That'd be. I mean, they're de- you can definitely tell he like they were crumbled up in his backpack. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point he signed the coffee cup that he was drinking. As soon as he was done, <laughs> he signed that and gave that to a person. So it's fantastic. Nolan North licked it for the for the girl. It was, it was great. Oh, man, that's probably going for so much money on eBay right now. Oh, easily. Uh, but no, it was... I loved it. I can't wait to see what they're doing with season three. Uh, I know it's going on TV now, but I overall, the show itself I love and the panel made me love it even more. So if you're not watching it, go watch Con Man because it was one of my, if not my highlight, my one of my favorite parts of Comic-Con. I think you've definitely sold me on checking it out. Oh, we've talked about that before, and I always want to check it out. I bought season one. We'll watch it. All right. Perfect. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a date for that. Um, yeah. So the other big panel that was a Sunday panel, which shocked me again, I thought it would have been Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, was Anthony Daniels. C-3PO himself. Yeah. He was delightful. It didn't even feel like a Q&A. It was like an Anthony Daniels one-man show. That I wouldn't expect anything unless from him. He was just so polite and like just got up on the stage, came out, instant showman. You could tell that he has a theater background, was so warm and pumped about the audience. Um, he got some great questions, but mostly just told a lot of really cool stories that you wouldn't necessarily hear about the Star Wars experience and filming the first one and meeting george lucas his george lucas impression is great i caught that (laughs) it's so good it was dead on it's so good um he was talking about how he went in for his audition for it and he didn't even want to go he was like i don't want to be in this stupid sci-fi movie (laughs) this means nothing to me and his agent was like just go just meet him who cares so he talked about how he went in to the audition and he's like and george was sitting there and he had this this most disgusting plaid shirt on and where i come from only (laughs) scotsmen wear plaid shirts and i immediately was like who is this little man um (laughs) and he said that behind him was some of the concept art that ralph mccrory had done which is just beautiful beautiful yeah and he said that that's what made him connect with the movie oh, and connect awesome. with the character. He said when he looked out behind George was 
the scape for what would become Tatooine. Oh, cool. Yeah, and he said there was a little droid and then what would eventually be C-3PO. And he's like, it was just this character who looked so forlorn and longing but made direct eye contact with you and you could immediately pick up the emotion from this character even though it was a robot and I needed to be that character I made an immediate connection so I just straight up was like can I have this part and he was like sure man yeah <laughs> just I want to ask for a role in Star Wars now I know it seems <laughs> that easy you just go up, sure yeah, yeah it's all right it's all yours uh, he was talking about how intricate his costume was. And I, I think I've heard him talk about this before and how you can't really pee in it. It's a pain. Yeah, you can't sit down. It took six people two hours to get him into it oh, the first time. Yeah, That's quite the Halloween costume right there. Mm-hmm. He said the first, the very first scene where Luke and Uncle Ben are looking at the droid lineup, mm-hmm. he's missing his feet because they just didn't have time to get everything all together. <laughs> so that's why it's shot the way it's shot, because he doesn't have his feet on. That makes sense. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Fun little tidbit for, I mean, I love Star Wars, so that's awesome. Yeah. Now I'm going to try my hardest next time I watch it to be like, can I see anything? Yeah. Well, Are, I feel like they did a good job. Flexi- yeah. And then he was saying how he ha- had fully formed the character and the voice, and then he had to go back and do some ADR because it's kind of muffled in the costume. Makes sense. And the sound guy that he had run into was saying how George didn't like his performance and how they had (laughs) tried out a bunch of different actors to come in and do voiceovers for the work that he had already done. Oh, damn. Yeah, like um, Richard Dreyfuss had been in there. I've heard about that before. I've heard about him and George was like, well, I just didn't imagine him being an English butler. Like, that was... That's what he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, and again, it was another, well, you know, Anthony's work is pretty good. Why don't you just keep his? Sure. That's... <laughs> he just seems very cooperative. I feel like that's exactly how it went. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he went in and did his voice work, and they kept his stuff. Um Someone asked him what one of his favorite moments was. Were you there for this story? Maybe. I caught the very... I, I snuck in because I was in the comment panel, so I snuck into the last, like, 15 minutes of it. And the one big question I remember was what part from the little kid that asked him that it was his birthday brought him mm-hmm. up on stage, which was really nice. But he asked him what... Was it specifically about the prequels or what part of Star Wars he wishes George had changed because he hated it? Uh, or something it, like that? It was, have you ever looked at something George wrote and said, this is stupid? Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> and he brought the kid up on stage. Yeah, and the it crowd was, was lost awesome. their minds. Yes. And then he told another story of how he was reading through a script and uh, how he wanted to like, give blinds to uh, Hayden Christensen. And he was, it was one of the best stories I've ever heard that I can't retell right now. It was, it was a good story. Um, yeah, he was saying that he has a tendency to rewrite his sections and that George Lucas gave him shit about it because he's like, you're the only actor that rewrites their That's scenes. That's what it was, yep. Um, and that at least with J.J., he was like, hey, I think it should be this way. And J.J. will be like, okay, well, let's try it that way. And if that doesn't work, we'll go back to the other way, which I think is the best way to That's do that. That's easily the best way to yeah, do it. Yeah, it appeases your actors. It lets them know that you heard them. But ultimately, you can be like, oh, we're going to stick with the Right, yeah, because I mean, they have the final call in the end in the editing room. Yeah, but my favorite story that he told about George Lucas was when they were filming Empire Strikes Back. No, Return of the Jedi. Sorry, because Jabba's Palace. Mm. And I did. Oh, I I did. I caught, I caught the end of this story. That's <laughs> why so I walked good. in. So he was saying previously that when he would do scenes with R two, it would just be him talking to himself. So he was trying to imagine R two beeps in his head, and then eventually he just asked George Lucas while they were filming, "After I say my sentence, can you beep at me?" And he'd be like, "What?" can you beep at me just to to simulate that kind of conversation give me a sense of dialogue and he was like okay so he just got in the pattern of beeping at the end of every one of anthony daniel's lines so then talking about how he was rehearsing and preparing for the scene where they're at java's palace 
and he's like and all of a sudden i just hear this beeping behind me and i turn around and it's george on his knees walking behind me just going beep 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 <laughs> which is such a hilarious visual and i just love getting stories like that like that's what you go to panels for you get those that weird stories that behind you don't the hear scenes stuff it's it's fantastic mm-hmm. i love hearing like right it's like just like you said stories you never hear and you're like wow this makes me feel like i was there you, something no one else has really ever heard mm-hmm. it's what makes going to this stuff worth it yeah because even if you don't get to interact with them directly just being in the same room with them feeling the energy of the other fans and the energy that they're bringing to the experience and oh, it's the best yeah it's it's so fun i like just being there right. and being a part of it at that panel though i was lucky enough i actually got to interact with yeah. Anthony daniels completely on accident because <laughs> the panel had ended and i had like snuck into the end of it so i was in a random there was like a one or two empty seats of the way way back i was in it and it ended and to beat the crowd so i stood right up went out the door uh and i held it for the like was kind of like mm-hmm. walking out then i realized there was someone behind me so i like really swung around and held the door and it just happened to be Anthony Daniels. That's and I was so like, awesome. I'm so happy I didn't shut the door on him. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, awesome job. That was great. He's like, oh, thank you very much. And then like took off sprinting down the hallway. Oh, yeah, they the won out of there. It yeah. was very in a very interesting encounter, but it was very cool to actually yeah. sit there and meet him for two seconds. Be like, hey, all right, nice to meet you. And now you've got that story. You're like, right? one time I got to talk to Anthony Daniels and held the door for him. I almost shut the door right on his face, which <laughs> would have been horrible. <laughs> he broke in C-3PO's nose, delayed production oh on God. episode nine. I, I, I told a friend about that, actually, after we went. And he's like, can you imagine if you shut down production because you hurt him? I'd be like, I would never be able to show my face anywhere ever again. <laughs> I would feel horrible. It would have been bad. It would have been bad. Yeah. But speaking of meeting people, yeah, the one person that I know I wanted to meet, you really wanted to meet. Mm-hmm. I've been to a handful of cons where he's there, and I just never done it. But we finally met Billy West. Yes, it was so good. I was so happy we got to meet him. We almost didn't get to meet him though. We just barely got to meet him. Just barely. I think our faces were pathetic enough that he's like, "All right, I suppose." Yeah. But we came right out of the Anthony Daniels panel, uh, panel, and we were like. <laughs> you want to go meet Billy West now? Cause we had it planned all weekend. Like, all right, let's, let's do it. Like both big fans. Let's go downstairs. We go down to the floor and it's about like a two minute walk to where he is. We walk over and there's no line. We're like, why is there no line? And we walk up to the, like the staff members and they're like, Oh, is like, can we go? Or he's like, she's like, Oh, actually he's leaving for the day. We're like, Oh, no way. And he was still at the booth. Like we're about maybe yeah. seven feet apart, give or take. Yeah. And we were like, oh, we looked, had like that depressed look on yeah, our face. Yeah, heartbroken. And then you just see him look over and he's like, he like gave us like the wave on like, all right, come on. We're like, oh, awesome. Yeah, it was so nice. He was so nice. He, he was the best. He took a, we took a picture, mm-hmm. uh, which we will post. Yep. Uh, nice little selfie of the three of us. And then he, I paid for an autograph. He didn't have like a selection a big selection less but luckily he had zap brannigan mm-hmm. and so he signed a picture of zap brannigan for me but the best part was he wrote a quote it was a uh, kiff inform the men i've made it with a woman which is one of the best quotes mm-hmm. but the best part was he did the voice he as he wrote voice. it he yeah. talked to zap brannigan while signing it and it made my day yeah that was so good i was not expecting to get any voices which was really cool and uh for those of you that think you don't know billy west you definitely know billy west he's the voice of doug funny the younger version of me (laughs) yeah um fry from futurama farnsworth zap brannigan zoidberg he does basically if you've watched futurama he does half the voices on there Mm -hmm. and he was ren and stimpy the red m&m he's the cheerios b He's, he's everywhere. Yep. He was Bugs in Space Jam. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, quite possibly the best impression I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. He, he is a voice actor icon, I would say. And he was super nice. The one thing I kind of wish I did, but I'm kind of happy I didn't, was <laughs> uh, my Quail Man outfit. Uh, I, I wish you did that. <laughs> that would have been beautiful. I like dressing up, but usually only on Halloween, and I didn't want to be wearing a hot red cape all day. Uh, are you sure, though? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been cool to get a picture with him dressed as Quail Man, but... Uh, he would have loved it, I bet. That's true, but I was much more comfortable throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> you could have carried it around with you in your backpack and just like thrown it on and then taken it off. I was thinking about that, but I didn't want to go through the security line with the backpack, so I oh, popped the backpack yeah. in the con. That was smart. That was smart. Yeah, those bag lines are always terrible. So I, uh, you gotta get around, I, this is not proper etiquette, but <laughs> on Saturday when I went, the line, I showed up late because I had the pass and I was like, I'm just going to show up late, the line be gone. And it was not, it was like much longer than I expected. And I'll be honest, I cut the line. I went through the hotel next door Ooh, and went through, yep. You're a rebel. I had to wait, I had to wait five minutes in security instead of the 45 minutes outside in the hot sun. <laughs> so I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> it was worth it. Um, so you referenced earlier that you didn't go to the Stanley panel with me. Do you want to talk about why? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the reason I didn't go, to, I, I was sitting with you during Stanley, and mm-hmm. then right, literally right before it started, I had to leave because we had talked about it beforehand, and we thought it'd be something fun to talk about on here. I signed up for the sci-fi speed dating that they do at these yeah. cons. They they had it all three days this year. They have they had it for Boston before? No, he said this was his first time yeah. at Boston. The guy that ran it was very funny, and he talked about like he was, he was basically doing like a stand up act the whole time. Uh, but he was talking about how people from Boston are had that stereotype of being stupid. Really? Yeah. Uh, which I can yeah, kind of I, I can yeah, I like can a mass school thing. Yeah, but uh, he laid into us about that, which was funny. But the overall experience was one of the most awkward of my life. Really? Yeah. We didn't talk too much about it, so tell me like what the layout was like. So I walked in because we had talked about it before. Like I was mm-hmm. going to do this to talk about it. Uh, so I went in. I found where they were on the floor. I was like, oh, can I sign up for this? And like, oh, yeah, when do you want to do it? Friday, Saturday. So I was like, well, it's Friday. I might as well, I'll just do it tonight. So I did it that Friday night session. It was like 20 bucks. So I was like, all right, that's worth it which I find out women don't have to pay for. I was like, that's a double standard. Oh, that is a weird double standard. It should just be free for everybody then. That's what I thought. But then when I got there, I was like, I understand why they have the guys pay. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it it was at 7 o'clock. They told me to get there by like 6.45. So I show up and there's about like 50 guys already just standing there. I was like, how many people are in this thing? So they had like the women sitting in the room while the guys were out in the hall like before they started like going over like ground rules and stuff like that mm-hmm. and just sitting there i felt so not even awkward but there were some definitely some people in line i was like this i this is so awkward this is so strange and it's going to be quite the experience walking in uh so then he like goes over the ground rules the guy hosting was very good he was funny about it he said he'd been doing i think this is like his seventh year they've been doing this company or something. Oh, wow. Uh, but you go in, then you're like, it's literally you're inches away from the person. It's like you're talking across from someone, mm-hmm. and then right next to you is other, on both sides of you, there's other people. So it's very loud and very awkward and like hard to hear people sometimes. Yeah, I imagine it was cramped. Yeah, but uh, they give you like a piece of, like a little notebook piece of paper and then everybody has a little number on their shirt mm-hmm. so you know like what number is which and stuff so like the i guess the secret identity aspect of it is cool but uh the one big rule is you're not allowed to discuss names that feels really awkward it really like sitting down i just want to be like oh hi i'm chinma oh wait a minute never mind like yeah. you can't hello do that. i'm another strange man that you're talking to right so that like the quick interaction was weird uh, but overall, it was it was very fun. You see, I think it was like 20, 25 people I talked to within the hour. Uh, it seemed like it was going like almost every like couple minutes, but then towards the end, it's like, oh, I feel like I've been talking to you for 30 seconds. Like mm-hmm. they seemed like to be hurrying up. But it was definitely very strange. I mean, everybody I met was super nice and everything, but you could tell that, that even when I was sitting in the hall waiting, they were like, Oh, speed dating, speed dating. They were just trying to fill it with yeah. women to get in there. That's awkward. Yeah, so it was like some people didn't want to be there almost. So it's I, it was kind it's of like weird. You're going to speed date against your will. Yes, that's <laughs> almost what it seemed like. Uh, but it was definitely cool. And then they do like a whole thing. You had to fill out a piece of paper, like if you want to give someone your phone number type thing. So mm-hmm. it was cool. And I felt really bad because 
I'm the type of I don't really like to date. Like mm-hmm. I'm not looking for don't a serious. No I, I I did this to have the experience to talk about. Yeah. It would be something fun to talk about. So I felt bad because one of the first things he said, like before we started in the room, he's like, "Guy, it was pretty good actually." He's like, "Guys, if you're looking just to get laid, there's the door. Ladies, if you're looking just to get laid, take your pick." <laughs> Which was pretty good. But uh, I mean, at that point, I'm not standing up and leaving. Right. <laughs> so I did the whole thing, and I didn't really give out my number. I think I did like maybe one or two people. Yeah, cool. Because we did dinner post con, and you did get hit up by yes, I got one of a, your matches. I got a few numbers, and I was like, I'm not gonna text anyone. Mm-hmm. But if I get texts, I'll continue the conversation. And there has been a few back and forth texts, which is cool. Ooh. I won't go into too much detail, but that's about as far as I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> So if you ever are at a con where they do this, it's called Sci-Fi Speed Dating. It is definitely at least worth the experience. Yeah, and you get possibly some numbers out of it, at least a good story. Right, yeah, because, and you meet some interesting people, to say the least. <laughs> That's, I'll leave it at that, but there were some, there were some characters. Well, I'll have to talk more about that off, off the record, because I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah, there was some weird, weird stuff that happened. And I'm sure I'll talk about it more on a later episode about something, but yeah. All right. But it's worth it if you're there and there's one somewhere. It's worth the, even if you're a guy, it's worth the 20 bucks to check it out. It's cool. Sweet. Yeah. So that was my Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we talked a little bit earlier about how I only did two days and you did three days and how the three days, the benefit of that. Yes. Um, Especially on the floor. I think. How did you feel about that? Uh, by far, the day I went, the Saturday, because you guys didn't go Saturday, mm-hmm. it was, it's always the big day of the con. Usually a lot of celebrities are only there for that one day, so it draws more people in. But it was so crowded. Yeah. And that's, that's the, always the worst part is like the number of people, which I get it. Everybody wants to experience it. And right. It's awesome. That's fantastic. But man, does it make it for a crowded actual show floor. Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. They did not utilize their space well at all. So in past years, the con was at the Seaport Seaport Trade Center. Center. Trade Center, that's what it's called. Um, And it was laid out really well. It was just, they have two and a half floors there. They utilize all of the floor space. There was a very clear artist alley separated from the vendor. And then you had your concessions towards the back and some of your cosplay and steampunk accessories and things in the smaller Mm -hmm. conference rooms at the trade center and then the second floor was usually all the panels because they had larger conference rooms for that this year it was at the boston exhibition and convention center where pax east is usually held and it makes sense because it's a growing con it's always very crowded they had a lot of bigger names this year but they didn't use the whole floor yeah it was i remember walking in because i'd been to pax there before and Mm -hmm. i walked in and where you usually go into packs, mm-hmm. I was like, why is the floor empty? Half, yeah. They only used half of the floor. Yeah. Which, granted, the half they used was still bigger than last year. Mm-hmm. But why move it into there if you're not going to use I mean, I don't know, like the money, what they had, but. Yeah, and the flow felt so off this year with the way they had it set up. Because at the Trade Center, it would be. They would separate it in half. So the front of the floor was all the vendors and the back of the floor was Artist Alley. And they kind of had it set up this year that way, but I felt like Artist Alley was so much smaller. Yes, it was like by far the tiniest part yeah, of the con. Yeah, it was is, so it's always small. my favorite, which was kind of a bummer. Yeah, me too. And they had all of the big names in the back, like Rob Leidenfeld was there and Ed Guinness and... Yep. They, like, stuck them in the back corner. There was barely any signage for them. You wouldn't have known that they were there. And you could get through all of Artist Alley in, like, 10 minutes because... Not even. Yeah. There were so few tables, and it was so crowded where they did put them that it wasn't even worth going around there. Like, one of my friends that I had talked to that one Saturday said that Artist Alley was so small this year, she didn't even realize that she had missed it. Right? It's literally... It was a tiny corner, which... I mean, the overall layout, I liked how they mapped it out. Mm-hmm. But if they opened up the whole other half of the convention center, mm-hmm. they could have just made it so much bigger. There would have been, like, the actual, like, alleys, like, the actual yeah. aisles walking through. You would have been shoulder to shoulder with people on, like, the, on Saturday where it's crowded. You could mm-hmm. easily maneuver through. I just think they 
if next year, if they don't utilize that space, I don't understand the whole point of being in that building. Yeah, I don't either. And this year felt more vendor heavy than artist heavy, which Very much so. is sad to me because that's the whole point of the con is to celebrate comics and pop culture and the art and the media of it. And all it, a majority of it was just, here's these t-shirts or you know, here's these action figures. It was just more the vendors and not about the art. And that really bummed me out. And there was also tattoo artists there this year, which I thought was a weird choice. Because there's people running around, you're bumping into people with these this fresh I think, ink wound. Didn't they? I think they did. They've done tattoo before, I think. Oh, I hadn't noticed them before. I've been to a few commit like I mean it is very cool like doing yeah. that but like they had it like it was kind of towards the corner of one thing but it was very much here like oh hey cool I'm looking at these comics and then right next door you see someone like right. getting their uh, like lower back or like their thigh or something tattooed yeah like, it oh, was interesting strange but uh I mean overall the layout was good but they just did not utilize their space which kind of bummed me out a little bit yeah but overall hopefully they fix that part. Mm-hmm. Overall, still had a great time. Yeah. But just utilize that space better, Fan Expo. Come on. Yeah. Um, well, being on the floor, though, we did see some good cosplay. Which is... Some bad cosplay. <laughs> is, oh, oh, man. I love the bad cosplay. <laughs> yeah. That might be my favorite part. I uh, So we kept a tally. Um, we eventually stopped the tally because it got, it got out of hand of how many Harley Quinns we spotted. That is the most popular cosplay of all cosplays. Which, if done well, it is really cool. Yeah, like if you get the Batman animated series Harley Quinn in there is really good. Or even the Arkham Asylum Harley Quinns can be done really well. But the Suicide Squad Harley Quinns are everywhere now. I did see one Suicide Harley Quinn like when she's in that gold sequins dress that was oh, like really yeah. well done but the fact it's just it's very over yeah i stopped my tally at 40 and that was just from sunday so i can't imagine you were texting me saturday to keep the tally going and eventually you just stopped, I just stopped. i was like yeah. this is killing me right now just going back like every time i turn a corner i'd be like oh two mm-hmm. oh there's another one. <laughs> oh, there we go yep and then uh a lot of deadpools that's the male harley quinn Yes. I would say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good comparison. I did see a group of, it was three Deadpools and three Spider-Mans all together doing one big picture, which was awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, I mean, I like, if the, I feel like there's no in-between with cosplay. Mm-hmm. Either it's really, like people put a lot of time and effort. Like I met a few people, uh, This I met this one girl that was, Awen from Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and she made her own dress like That's her own headpiece awesome. and it was super well done I was like I even I was talking to her about it. I was like oh where did you get this She's like oh I made this I was like that's incredible that's it looks so impressive right out of the movie uh and like it, it was very very well done but then you see some people that I uh, sometimes you can't tell if it's done on purpose yeah. to make it bad or if it's like hey, let me just try and do something really quick and, like, paint on this cardboard or something. Yeah. But there are some that you look at, you're like, oh, man, come on. Yeah, you just threw <laughs> that together this morning and yeah. stumbled out of your house. Yeah, which I I think are they're pretty funny. But, yeah. But then there are, like, it's either one end of the spectrum or the other. And the, in between people, like, oh, that's cool, but go all the way or don't, you know? Yeah. At least that's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, this year I saw a lot of Cassidy's from Preacher, which made me really excited. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah I'm preacher, a huge, huge Preacher, preacher fan. Um, even just from the graphic novels. And I'm, I like the show for what it is. But just seeing Cassidy cosplayed was awesome. Because if you're going to go Preacher, you'll probably go Jesse Custer, who's the titular Preacher. And there were even some female Cassidy's, which made me even more excited. Yeah, I love this feeling now in cosplay. And it's always kind of been there, but it's been more prevalent the last few years, at least that I've noticed, is that gender... They swap it. The gender swap. Yeah, there's either the gender swap, you can bend it or embrace it. Um, 
when when it is done well yeah I'll, like uh i'm just not even comic-con but when you and tim your husband yeah did han solo and leia for halloween a few years ago and mm-hmm. you guys switched it it was so well done i will yeah thank you <laughs> i i had a lot of fun with that costume but it just makes me excited that you know a young girl could be like i love peter parker and i love spider-man and feel like she would have to only be mary jane now she's like screw it i can be spider-man too i can be peter parker if i want or i can be wolverine like it's not gender specific anymore just you can be whatever hero villain character you want awesome be. and usually it's really well done yeah which is the best part mm-hmm. which i really it's it's if you've never been to a con it is by far one of the yeah. best places to people watch you'll ever see oh yeah 100 percent. and the costumes make a big reason why mm-hmm and people, like, people dress up to be approached. People, especially the really well-done cosplay, will let you take your pictures with them. Oh, They'll yeah. even be in character sometimes, which is really fun. There was an old guy that had a really good Carl from Up costume. Oh, and, I saw him, yep. Yeah. Did you talk to him at all? I didn't talk to him. He was taking some pictures with people when I saw him. He was very grumpy. Perfect. So, yeah, he was doing character, well. which I really like. I think... You know what? It actually wasn't this con. It was two years ago, maybe, at Boston Comic Con. But I saw a Bumblebee from Transformers. Really? To where he actually folded into a car. <gasps> no. I don't know how it was possible, but it was probably one of the best cosplays I've ever seen. I'm not a huge Transformers guy either, but it was awesome seeing that. Because like, it was on like a stilt-type thing. But then I don't know how he contorted his body. <sighs> But that sounds awesome. There's probably videos of it. If you can find it online somewhere, I'm going to look, look that it up. up. I bet he was just a real Transformer. They're out there. <laughs> it's a robot in disguise. Just a car driving on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cosplay, it's right up there on reasons why you go to these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big reason people like to go to these things is the swag, the free oh, yeah. exclusives, the merchandise. I. Granted, I have been to many cons where I've gone for a specific item. I try not to get too much into the exclusives because I'm not made of money. Yeah. But there has been some where I've been like, I need to go pick that up. Yeah, one of my biggest regrets from this year's con is not picking up Angry Baby Groot. And I do feel bad because I said I was going to pick it up (laughs) for you. And then when I went to pick it up, they were gone. (laughs) I should have known better than to assume that they would have lasted through Saturday morning. I, You know what? I checked it. I remember I went into... Going into the Matt Smith Karen Gillen panel, which was towards the end of the day on Saturday, mm-hmm. there was still a handful on the table. So I was like, "Oh, they still have plenty." Got out of the panel, went to go pick you up one, and they were gone. And I felt so bad. I even <laughs> ran to the other because they had two sections Aww. of the store. I was like, "Maybe this one still got it." And sure enough, no. all sold out. Ugh. So I'm sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> it's my fault. I should have got one Friday when I saw them. But I did pick up a print that i got signed by neil adams which was really sweet i did i saw that i was going to until i had a very awkward (laughs) encounter with neil adams (laughs) i was my first day there and i was walking around the floor and it was like that two hour preview that i got Mm -hmm. so i was checking everything out and i walked right by his booth and like i didn't realize until like halfway through and there's still like like granted still like the preview but there's still like a handful of people like in between the aisles and everything Mm -hmm. so i was literally just doing a walk by i was like oh cool and then i looked i was like oh my god that's neil adams so I, as I'm walking by, I'm like, hey, big fan, love your work. And I kind of like kept walking, thinking he wasn't going to say anything. He's like, no, you know, you can check out the booth or you can just kind of keep walking. I was like, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> You're like, I'm uh, just going to keep walking now. <laughs> yeah, so I was a dick to Neil Adams, so that was cool. So I tried to avoid his booth for the rest of the con just in case he recognized me. <laughs> what was your favorite piece of swag that you did pick up? Um, I picked up some cool con man stuff because I – like I once I found out they had a booth there, I picked up uh, some of their comics from the show and a cool T-shirt Sweet. and season one. Uh, but I had always I I love toys. I have a whole bunch of cool action figures, <laughs> and there's been a Gambit action figure who is my one of my favorite characters of all time mm-hmm. that I've been looking for for a while that isn't super crazy expensive, and I bargained with the guy and got it pretty cheap and Sweet. picked that up. So I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, con tip, wait to get all your shopping done or most of your shopping done Sunday. Yep, they don't want to bring back what they brought with them, and yep. you get all the deals. Yep, they give crazy deals. You can barter with them. 
get some like packages that you wouldn't have been able to see Friday or Saturday. They just want to get all that stuff out of there. So if you're eyeing something, maybe save it for Sunday. Don't wait too long though, because I went to buy a gift for someone that I saw. I was like, oh, I'm going to wait till Sunday, maybe get a little bit cheaper. And they will sell out. (laughs) (laughs) They will sell out before you know it, Mm -hmm. which happens. But uh, no, I I bought a handful of stuff. Probably spent a little bit more money than I should have, but that's always the the way it goes at yeah. those things because you see something you're like oh i don't need another artist's version of this and then you're like no i do this is awesome right the one thing i will say i didn't i tried to limit my art just because of where i'm living now i i'm gonna be moving again pretty soon i yeah. was like i'm not gonna hang this up i don't want to just leave this here so i st- i only bought a few things most of the stuff i bought were was gifts to be honest it was gifts for other people so i don't feel bad about spending the amount of money i did But uh, I bought a few things for myself, like that action figure, which was cool. Yeah. I wouldn't let myself buy any more Batman art. Okay. Well, the Neil Adams print I bought was a Batman print, but it's a Neil Adams, so it's fine. But I have have so much Batman art that I I can't, like, reconcile, like, buying anymore. It just doesn't make sense. I still think you just need to get your husband drunk one night and have him agree (laughs) to let let you hang it wherever you want. Everything I want, yeah. It'll happen. Um... Okay, well, overall, favorite parts. Like, what did you enjoy about this con the best? I think this year was my favorite year for panels. I made it to more panels this year than in past years. And just that experience and getting those stories is the highlight for me. And meeting Billy West. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. That hearing the Zap Burning voice up front Mm -hmm. was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, actually, you know what? This is, I think, the first time I've actually went to panels at Boston Comic Con because usually they're really small ones and, like, I miss it doing something else. Mm-hmm. But I, the, they had me interested enough. I'm like, yeah, I really want to go see this person talk. I want to hear about this. Yeah. So I went to a bunch of them and I loved it. Yeah, it's such a good experience. I went to Zach, um, two of Scott Snyder's last year and the, they, those were amazing too. See, I always try to get into those, but the mm-hmm. way it used to work, they were in such those tiny rooms where yeah. if you weren't there early, you're like, you're not getting in. Mm-hmm. Which was good about the new place. Like, yeah, rooms that were was bigger. good about the new places. The conference rooms were bigger. Like even the con man panel I went to, which was one of the smaller ones, mm-hmm. held like I think 400 people. Wow. Like I didn't, it doesn't look like it would, but that's what they right. said the number was. I was like, cool luckily i was there i got there like 45 minutes before they let people in so i was like two rows back which was even cooler that is really sweet yeah but uh yeah overall even the main theater they had where i saw karen gill and matt smith i think it was a couple i think it fit like 600 people yeah that's where the stanley one was too yep they put it was like i like how they kind of did it too on the main floor Mm -hmm. where it's like behind the curtain and stuff that was pretty cool yeah that was really sweet setup yeah, but overall, loved it. Had a great time. Mm-hmm. We'll be going back next yeah, year. Yeah, definitely. And then, well, we have a few other cons coming up, don't we? Yeah, we will definitely be going to Rhode Island Comic Con in November. Which is just stacked with celebrities. Yeah, huge lineup. I'm super excited. That'll be the next big con I think we go to. Mm-hmm. We uh, have some smaller local cons in the pipeline, like a the boston independent gamers convention which will be interesting that'll be fun i think yeah and then uh rock and shock possibly around halloween time <laughs> which i know you're excited about oh yeah i love horror <laughs> no but i i've been i've been there before and i won't lie i was i was afraid <laughs> uh but no i hopefully if it, my schedule works out i'm gonna hopefully join you on that one yeah nice. but uh that's the point of this whole podcast we're gonna go to a bunch of, like granted we're gonna go to like the big comic cons and stuff or we're gonna yeah. try to uh, but, but also try to get in some of those like those smaller, weird little ones. Yeah, those weird little ones. Which I'm excited just to explore that like kind of fandom. Ones I never like. We threw out possibly the My Little Pony one in New England, mm-hmm. which never in my lifetime would I think I'd go to one. Yeah, I'll go do it today. I'll check it out. I'll see what it is. Yeah, and if there's any uh, cons that you want us to go to talk about, meet us at, shoot us an email. Um, we're at conquestpod at gmail you can also share some links on our Facebook, which is Conquest on Facebook. And then we also, if you want to tweet some con ideas at us, we're at Conquest Podcast on Twitter. And then you can check out some of our images and pictures from the cons we go to and some of our recording uh, at Conquest Podcast on Instagram. Basically, 
Conquest podcast. It's just about Everywhere. everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that about wraps up for our maiden voyage here, our mm-hmm. first episode. Yeah. Pretty excited. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it wasn't too bad. Not no, too. <laughs> I, I think we got through it pretty well. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back hopefully in uh, another couple weeks or so. Yeah. We'll do another episode and we will be having a promise. It won't just be me and Kat sitting here talking. We're going to have other people on. There'll be guests about whatever we're talking about that week. Yeah, get some so, more fan perspective. Yes, definitely stay tuned. And uh, I think that wraps it up. So uh, adios, amigos. And remember to be excellent to each other. Bye.